0: Advertising your business with GCN is simple, effective, and more affordable than you might think.
1: Visit advertise.gcnlive.com for more info. Take your business to the next level. Our Matrix server is about as free as Internet chat can be. Join the existing rooms or create your own at chat.freetalklive.com.
0: Welcome
2: to Liberty Conspiracy on Free Talk Live. Hey, let's get to some of the corruptness atop the corruptness. The corruption atop the corruption as I corrupt the language. Let's hear a little legal theme one and all. i'm not, not a fan of the wind instruments coming in and watering everything down there you know making everything like ah i'm eating prunes no thank you i'm getting old listening to that listen to that air going through there give me the bass whack that bass all right first we're going to do a little recap here Uh, I was monitoring the Grace Curley show and Caroline Levitt, who ran for Congress from New Hampshire, uh, she's now working for the Trump campaign, I think she was filling in for the great Grace Curley and Caroline's a lot of fun. I disagree with her on some stuff. But, you know, she she does a pretty good job on the air. She's full of energy. She's full of uh, Vim and Vigor or, uh, what is it, uh, piss and vinegar chips, whatever. Is, does Lays have those or is that, is that only after you get, you know, GMOs in there? I don't know. Maybe they could add that through genetic engineering. Mmm, this is wonderful. Wow, so glad. Thank you, Klaus Schwab. Thank you so much. It's the unpotato. Thank you. Uh, but anyway... Caroline Levitt was filling in for Grace on the Grace Curley show on the Howie Carr Network today. And I was checking it out because I was like, yeah, there's some big stuff happening in Washington. She's usually on top of this stuff. And sure enough, she gave us a really good thumbnail recap of something that I don't. derive a lot of education from this it doesn't really increase my erudition and you know my personal feelings of satisfaction on how well i've educated myself about the long-term meaningful stuff it just reminds me of corruption you know and i think it on a day-to-day level it's important to remember these things i was trying to report on a lot of this stuff while it was happening some of it i didn't know but i was very well aware of the charisma stuff And uh, I was one of the few people probably reporting on it at the time. And um, it goes back to 2016. I was writing about that for MRCTV and, um, you know, talking to my students about it, which gave me a a little sense You don't want to feel vindication all the time, but it gave me a sense of satisfaction later when some of my students said, hey, Mr. Goldsmith, I remember you talking to us years before we heard about this Hunter Biden stuff. You were telling us that Hunter Biden got hired by the big uh, energy corporation in Ukraine after the uh, government, the U.S. government, got involved with overthrowing their government. I was like, yeah, yeah. You know, I was reporting on it in late 2013 and I watched it happen in 2014. So. You know, it's one of these things. Sometimes you just are watching a story and you can see, you're lucky enough to see the trend. You're like, okay, this is probably something that's worth watching for a while. Uh, Other people watch some that you might not see and they say, and you say, wow, I'm glad that person was watching this. Carolyn Levitt gave us a quick, good, quick overview of the stuff surrounding Hunter Biden now. And she comes into it by talking about this hearing where they had requested Hunter Biden to testify in the House and he wouldn't do it. And then he showed up and that caused such a kerfuffle. It was like, oh, the audacity of that guy. He wouldn't show up to testify, but he shows up and crosses his arms and sits down. And then he walks away as they as they notice him there, as they point him out. He walks away indignantly like he's some proud boy. You know, I use that term uh, a little too loosely, probably. But here's Carolina. She goes through some of this. And then she does a very good job talking about something else. And I was going to check out the video. I have one segment of video from this with Mika Brzezinski talking to Jill Biden. But the one, the piece that I've got, it's not as good as the audio that she's got of a separate thing that I think is... It just shows you the fawning, the dexterous fawning of these pop media people, especially the daughter of Zbigniew Brzezinski, just absolutely licking every aspect of this woman's personality. We'll get to that in just a minute. Here's Caroline giving us that quick overview coming from the Grace Curley Show.
3: Hunter Biden just made a circus on Capitol Hill yesterday, but no one in the mainstream media is talking about it. I mean, he literally got up and left in the middle of a congressional hearing about whether or not he should be held in contempt of Congress, which the Oversight Committee did ultimately decide, yes, indeed, he should, after defying the subpoena and lying endlessly about he and his father's involvement, or his father's involvement in his business, rather. Uh, so here is Anna Polina Luna just putting that into perspective and how Hunter Biden should be referred to the Department of Justice, cut 15, He should be held accountable by the Department of Justice, but that is what we are voting to do is to send that to investigation because he denied and defied a congressional subpoena. will Will the
1: generally yield?
3: Wait, let me finish. Hunter Biden is not above the law. We want to send him to the DOJ and we want to trust the DOJ to do their job. But right now, the American people have a serious distrust factor with the DOJ and for good reason. So we would like to pass this, send him to the DOJ, and let's see if they'll do what they promised the American people they would do. I yield my time. Anna Polina Luna, she is so smart. We've had her on this show a couple times when I've been filling in for Grace. It's like she's just, she's fiery. She kicks butt. She just had a baby, too.
2: Yeah, and don't forget, her name is like the sl- Slim Whitman song.
3: Anna Polina Luna! So... Kudos to her. She's 100 percent right. I mean, Hunter Biden is acting like he's above the law and he's defied these subpoenas. He sat on the board of directors for the Ukrainian oil company Burisma. He received 24 million bucks from corrupt foreign companies and nationals for selling nothing other than his father's uh, influence facilitated nearly 20 meetings between his business partners and then Vice President Joe Biden. And he sold Joe Biden's brand. I mean, there's so much evidence to prove this. And again, the mainstream media is not talking about it. You won't hear it anywhere today that he got up and left in the middle of the the committee hearing. In fact, when I first... How dare he? How dare
2: that criminal getting money through illegitimate means get up and walk away from those people he gave the virtual middle finger to who also are getting their money through illegitimate means how dare that criminal walk away and turn his back against all those other people who are getting money off the backs of you that is just that's just disrespectful of the criminals running Washington DC <laughs> It's just different blocks of criminals. I have to say, Anna Polina Luna, uh, she, she policy-wise occasionally really slams stuff home, and she's got a great brain on within the day-to-day battles and things like that. But again, as a guy who believes that it is immoral to force somebody to pay for something, that it's immoral to steal from people, you don't get an excuse by saying, well, some guys born centuries ago signed this document. So now I can take your stuff. It's like,
4: no, you can't do
2: that. And they're all upset that Hunter Biden didn't show them respect. (laughs) Wait till you hear Mika Brzezinski with Dr. Jill, though. The way she frames Hunter Biden's photographs, which he took himself. Oh. Oh, man, it was a cry for help. A cry for help, obviously. Just like Anthony Weiner, a cry for help. Or was it like Iggy Pop, cry
5: for love?
3: saw this on Twitter yesterday. I was like, is this real? Like, is this a real video? Who does this? No one was talking about it, uh, unless you're on Twitter, really. And uh, so rather than talk about the fact that Hunter Biden is a criminal and he's defying the law, uh, MSNBC, of course, has Jill Biden on to cover for Hunter. So here's a new one. got to check this out. Okay. I know I'm
2: pausing it, you know, but it's like, we're at a party. Like, come on, get over here. Yeah. Bring the popcorn and stuff. You got to see this. Come on, check this out. Did you guys see this yet? Come on over here. Come on over here. Oh, this is great.
3: Interview out this morning of Joe Biden talking to, I think it's Andrea Mitchell Mika. or Mika on MSNBC.
2: What's the difference? <laughs> Andrea Mitchell's married to Alan Greenspan. Mika's the daughter of the one world or
3: whatever. Mr. Chess Chessboard Man, whatever. And take a listen for yourself. What Joe How has have to you say. been coping personally uh, with the on go Mitchell Mika, or Mika on MSNBC.
2: And take a listen. She says, "How is he coping personally?" That's what Mika Brzezinski asked Doctor Doctor Jill. Listen
3: for yourself. What Jill has been coping personally uh, with the onslaught of accusations against your husband and your family, including an-
2: It's an onslaught of accusations against your husband and your family? Mika's pretty good with the language when she wants to protect her own
3: otherwise known as jackals. And especially Hunter. It's the focus of a House Oversight Committee hearing, holding him in contempt, obsessing yes. over him. Obsessing over
5: him? <laughs> oh,
2: man. I, I, I'm not sure about this, Mika, but I think perhaps Hunter obsesses more about himself and actually trying to call someone a task for corruption within the corrupt state system is not necessarily obsession, but maybe trying to make up for lost time after the FBI held on to the evidence for ages before an election. You Remember that, Mika? Oh, no, that's right. Because you, like everybody else, said the lines that people like John Brennan and others tried to feed to you over and over again, and you lapped it up. It had all the earmarks of a Russian disinformation campaign. Is that what Russian disinformation campaigns are? You get into, uh, you know, zero gravity, water, salt, salt tanks, smoke crack, take pictures of yourself naked. Is that is that how the Russian dis- disinformation is? that what Russians do? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Russian traditions. Maybe they have like a, a holiday disinformation campaign holiday and they, you know, they have maybe they hang earmarks on trees. I don't know how it works.
3: Showing pictures of him during vulnerable moments, especially Hunter.
5: (laughs) I had to stop again. Showing pictures of him during vulnerable moments.
2: Yeah. You know, the pictures that he, he took himself. Oh, man. Yeah, you know, him going across state lines and deceiving the IRS and things like that when he was hiring prostitutes. Something that under Joe Biden's three strikes laws... Uh, could have seen Hunter Biden go to prison for the rest of his life. Under Joe Biden's support for the 1968 Gun Control Act, Hunter Biden could have gone to jail just for that, for 25 years, for having a firearm, misplacing the firearm in a trash bin near a school. Ah, you know. But hey, it's all everybody else's fault when they're looking at the actions of Hunter Biden. People must be obsessed with Hunter Biden.
3: That's the focus of a House Oversight Committee hearing, holding him in contempt, obsessing yes. over him, showing pictures of him during vulnerable moments wow. in his battle with addiction on the floor of the. His battle with addiction.
2: I, You know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's possible that in that essential battle with addiction, once again, it's a fight against Russia. You see? If the United States government doesn't continue to make sure that Hunter Biden gets his money to get, you know, the stuff that he needs. Then Russia is going to just, you know, march to march to England right across the water. It's just going to be, you know, cats and dogs living together, you know, to quote uh, Mer Billy, Bill Murray. The house. This
3: would crush any family. Mika, I, I think what they are doing to Hunter is cruel. And I'm really proud of um, how Hunter has rebuilt his life uh, after addiction. You know, I'm I love
2: remember it's it's after this is the post addiction period of Hunter Biden's life. Just keep that in mind. Don't ask any questions about the cocaine found at the White House. Shh. You didn't see anything. <laughs> It's like over the hedge when they opened up the, what was it? A Cheeto, uh nacho cheese Doritos or Cheetos bag. And they, they showed the, the cheese going everywhere. They, they pulled back and you could see it exploding from space. Maybe that's like what the cocaine was like. Maybe it was just a cluster munition.
3: I don't know my son and it's had it's hurt my grandchildren and that's what i'm yeah you know she cares
2: so much about those grandchildren especially the one that was the daughter of the stripper whom they wouldn't acknowledge for years until they finally were forced to do so in a settlement and then when they were forced to do so in the legal settlement they no longer hung the stockings up at the white house at the mantelpiece in the white house they they stopped that wonderful tradition i think even even uh, yeah. I think even Caroline notes this here.
3: So concerned about that it's affecting their lives as.
6: Let's talk about cruel to uh, cruel things affecting your grandchildren, yeah, yeah. Doctor Jill.
3: Yeah. How about the grandchild? Specifically, you don't one even,
6: in Arkansas
3: that you don't even pretend you don't even acknowledge. Don't even acknowledge her existence.
2: So it, they... it's so sad on a personal level too. I mean, you just think about. It just human beings getting to that point, you know, you could definitely see, you know, as kids, we read the tragedies. We're often given the tragedies to read the Shakespeare tragedies, you know, Macbeth. Um, oh, I don't know. You know, um, BJ and the Bear, you know, that stuff. And uh, Sheriff Lobo. Remember all those classic Shakespearean tragedies, uh, you know, the Carter administration. Yeah, I remember reading that one. I didn't want to read that again. That was a rough one. Just give me the close notes on that one. But I got to say, you know, it was so ridiculous because, you know, I, I think you get older and you can really see some of the tragedies from Shakespeare in a different light. You know, it's, it's it's to me at least, when I was a kid, it was much more plot-driven than the humanity of the characters now when I hear them speak and I can see Shakespeare really got to the core of those things oh by the way I'll remind you if you get an opportunity check out the book uh, the Marlowe Shakespeare connection by Sam Blumenfeld it was probably the second to last or third to last book that he did it was his last solo book pretty much uh, he then worked with Alex Newman uh, they put out a collection of his essays about education because he has so much great stuff about education. One of those books was edited by my dad called NEA, Trojan Horse of, Edu- of American Education. My dad did it under a pseudonym, so you won't see his name in there. But, um, uh, but Because uh, he was working for Reagan at the time, so he had to disconnect his name from it. But um, it was interesting because... Sam theorized that although it was claimed that Christopher Marlowe died outside of a tavern in a, in a fight, um, uh, he was a spy for Queen Elizabeth. And so um, they said that he actually lived and he lived the rest of his life in Corsica and wrote the Shakespeare plays there. So it's very interesting stuff. He goes into the fact that Shakespeare, although he was so famous for these plays, um, had a daughter. And uh, never taught her to read. He didn't have an extensive library. He could have had access to a library, but the time to be able to get there would have been really extreme, as opposed to Christopher Marlowe, who was scholarly, had access to a library, and worked with the Queen. And so his theory is that um, Shakespeare put on the plays that were written by Marlowe. Marlowe kept his name off it so that he could live in peace and not get assassinated. And uh, Marlowe was provided with a salary by the Queen, and the Queen also made the Shakespeare Theater Company basically the official theater of Elizabethan England, uh, with you know two two theater uh, spaces: one out in um, um, Stratford on Avon, the other down in London. So very interesting stuff. So looking at that, let's take another look at more legal things. Dun, 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 dun. Let's talk about that liar we got to discuss last night. None other than Anthony Fauci, my friends. Oh, yes, indeed. Anth- oh, no, no, wait. Uh, mm, Yeah, let's go with Anthony Fauci. We'll talk about the Donald Trump stuff in just a minute. I want to go with the Anthony Fauci one. All right, here it is. And this is just, David Knight brought this up. Man, David, powerful, powerful day today. So epic. And yesterday was awesome too. So here it is. Trump allies demand accountability from Fauci, not the former president. This is from Real Clear Politics. Now, I guess you could probably assume Real Clear Politics leans left, okay? But in leaning left, their editorial staff and their writers still have to make a choice when it comes to, are they going to slam Trump? Or, in doing so, will that undercut their arguments about other things like the pandemic rhetoric that they supported for so, so long? And it looks like they chose to tell the truth here about Trump and Trump's involvement in this absolute black stain on the history of the United States, among many black stains. House Republicans were eager to cross-examine Dr. Anthony Fauci, the former chief White House medical advisor, about his response to the COVID-19 so-called pandemic. They remained silent, however, about Donald Trump the former president who stood by the architect of the lockdown strategy. And they bring up many points that we brought up here, and David has brought up, and they're very important. It is time for Dr. Fauci to confront the facts and address the numerous controversies that have arisen during and after the pandemic, said Ohio Republican Representative Brad Wenstrup. Good job, Brad. He put out some very good X's slash tweets. He chairs the Select Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Pandemic that has been grilling the doctor behind closed doors. Nine Republicans sit on the committee, number nine. All of them love to loathe Fauci. Four of them have already endorsed. Now, this is reporting or coloring, perhaps. Coloring, coloring. Anyway, we'll just go with it. Four of them have already endorsed Trump as he seeks the presidency a third time including Georgia Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, who has said publicly that the doctor should be in jail. And, of course, likened Trump to Jesus Christ. Fauci, but she is right about, about, about Fauci, but Trump should be in jail, too. Fauci was the face, as should Biden, as should most of the people in Congress. In fact, if you take government as being a criminal gang, all of them should be, even the ones who are trying to do good. They take a dime of somebody else's money that way. Boy, it's tough. It's tough trying to pare down the size of government when you've got to join government to do it. That's tricky. Fauci was the face of the White House COVID Task Force, of course. And they note the relationship between Trump and Fauci was fraught. Trump frequently contradicted the doctor he deputized, occasionally even grousing about him publicly on Twitter. Remember, he said... Uh well, yeah, you know, everything he recommended, I did the opposite. No, not quite, Donald, not quite. In the end, Trump still awarded Fauci a presidential commendation for his work. And Trump said, I don't know where that came from. Sort of like what Fauci said about the six foot distancing thing. There's plenty more Liberty Conspiracy on Free Talk Live. Find us every Monday through Friday on Rockfin, Rumble and Twitter starting 6 p.m. Eastern Time live.
0: USA News Update. A landmark case accusing Israel of genocide against Palestinians in Gaza moves into a second day before the International Criminal Court of Justice, the U.S. State Department, not moving off its support of Israel in the case. The allegations that Israel is uh, committing genocide uh, are unfounded. State Department spokesman Vedant Patel, South Africa is presenting its case against Israel before the Global Criminal Court Israel, set to address the court today. U.S. and British forces reportedly working together on military strikes against Houthi rebel targets in Yemen this week. U.S. government officials characterized these actions as retaliatory, saying this comes after months of attacks by the Iranian-backed militia on commercial shipping in the Red Sea. There are multiple locations included in the U.S. and British target packages. Details about the death or injury of combatants, unknown. I'm Ryan Daniels, USA News.
2: Says there's no reason why we shouldn't live to
0: be at least 100 and have a great time getting there.
1: We still do email. Drop your email address in the entry box at freetalklive.com and you'll be kept in the loop with Freetalk Live. Freetalk Live.
2: Welcome to Liberty Conspiracy on Freetalk Live. I'm Gardner Goldsmith, the creator of The Liberty Conspiracy, which streams every Monday through Friday live, starting at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, on Rumble, Rockfin, and on my Twitter slash X feed, that being at Guard Goldsmith. In the end, Trump still awarded Fauci a presidential commendation for his work, and Trump said, I don't know where that came from. Sort of like what Fauci said about the six-foot distancing thing. It just appeared out of hammer space. I don't know what it was. It was like a Mario and Luigi game. I don't know. The focus on the decisions Fauci made and not on the president who empowered him has exasperated Trump rivals like Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Are we going to have some type of accountability, DeSantis asked during a recent interview with Real Clear Politics. Are we going to have a reckoning for this, or are we just going to act like everyone did such a great job? Representative Representatives Debbie Lasko of Arizona, John Joyce of Pennsylvania, and Ronnie Jackson of Texas will also get a chance to cross-examine Fauci. Each has criticized the doctor. All of them still endorsed the former president, however, who presided during his tenure, Fauci's tenure. None returned Real Clear Politics's request for comment. Lesko, the one from Arizona, so-called representative, said he will once again put America and Americans first about Trump. Two days after Christmas, he said this to announce, or she said this to announce her endorsement of the Republican president who oversaw Fauci as he prescribed lockdowns and mask mandates from the White House podium. I never did that. If I could lock down everybody, I would. Uh, masks, you shouldn't wear a mask. Yes, you should definitely wear a mask. No, you shouldn't wear a mask. Oh, I'm here at the Washington Nationals game or whatever they call it, and I'm not wearing a mask. I'm sitting next to my wife and some other dude. Peanuts, get your peanuts. Pressed by Megyn Kelly on why he awarded Fauci a presidential commendation, Trump pled ignorance, saying during a September interview on Sirius XM, I don't know. I don't know who gave him the commendation. I really don't know who gave him the commendation. Someone probably handed him a commendation. You know, they're just lying around like cocaine in the White House. Well, multiple former Trump officials found that answer far-fetched and said publicly that any type of commendation would require a signature from the president. Of course it would. You don't get a presidential commendation without the president saying you're getting a commendation. That's the point. Jeez. Can you imagine some guy gets a presidential commendation and the president didn't know about it? Hey, I don't think you're holding on to your job very long there, buddy. And they have some good information from Scott Atlas. He's got a, a book about this. Former multiple former Trump officials found that answer far fetched regarding the suggestion that Fauci be fired. However, several former officials told Real Clear Politics that it that it is easier said than done. Uh no. You just do it. You're the executive. You swear an oath to the Constitution. Fauci's position is unconstitutional. So you put this in the thought meat grinder, and one thing comes out him. They note that the other members of the COVID task force had a resignation pact. If one person was fired, all would resign. Get rid of all of them. None of them are constitutional. It doesn't matter whether they're giving practically good advice or practically bad advice. They're not sanctioned by the Constitution. And of course, the Constitution isn't sanctioned over me either. Atlas, Scott Atlas, was the single dissenting voice from the group. A neuroradiologist and senior fellow at Stanford University's Hoover Institution, he publicly railed against lockdowns and called for a different strategy that was eventually adopted in large part in Florida, of course, that being from the Great Barrington Declaration's policies coming out of Great Barrington, Massachusetts. And they go through some of the changes that DeSantis did. At first, he was in favor. They had the lockdowns, but they changed. And, of course, yes, DeSantis has been critical of him and is lagging behind Donald Trump. But perhaps Donald Trump will be thrown in jail. Well, maybe not. We'll see. He's got so many legal fronts he's trying to handle, right? He's got cases in Georgia, New York, trying to handle stuff in Washington, D.C. It's absolutely wacky, nutty stuff, man. It's almost like a script written by, it's like a work of art by Hunter Biden, very abstract and hard to figure out. It's almost as if the guy were on drugs when he did it. But here is mediaite. I was going to discuss this one yesterday, didn't get time, so I wanted to give this to you today because there's audio from these arguments. But let me give you this information. This is from D. John Sauer, not Sig Sauer, John Sauer. As this question was posed to him, and D. John Sauer, and I'm P. Gardner Goldsmith, actually offered the correct answer to a three-judge panel that doesn't seem to get it at all. Judge Michelle Childs, Judge Florence Pan, and Judge Karen Henderson. They don't seem to grasp the way the Constitution's supposed to work. And they're the ones who swear an oath to it. So let me give you a quick overview of this. This happened in the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. Sorry, I was thinking Georgia. It's the D.C. Court of of Appeals. They heard oral arguments Tuesday on the 9th on the issue of presidential immunity after Judge Tanya uh, Chutkan denied two motions to dismiss based on First Amendment and presidential immunity claims. What's this all about? It's about the idea that Trump was involved with the January 6th stuff, that he was interested in trying to change the election. Here's more. Trump attorney John Sauer argued that under certain circumstances, a president could order SEAL Team 6 to assassinate a political rival and not face prosecution in a stunning exchange that an appeal hearing on former president at an appeal hearing on por, former president Trump's claim of presidential immunity. The D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals heard oral arguments on Tuesday, January 9th on the issue of presidential immunity after Judge Tanya Chutkan denied two motions. It was based on a first amendment appeal and this is very interesting. I don't really care about the January 6th stuff or Donald Trump's attempt to try to bring up what he thought, and maybe he was ill-advised, he thought could be a changed outcome of an election, that he thought he had a valid point to make. Okay, fine. I have no no interest in that myself as far as having voted for anybody or anything like that. I don't want to vote for people to get into offices. But they say here on Tuesday morning, Judge Pan grilled Sauer on a series of hypotheticals that resulted in Sauer arguing that a president could only face prosecution for an assassination if he were impeached and convicted first. Okay, what is the controversy there? I don't understand. He had an opinion about the election. Let me show you what C-SPAN reports here, okay? A three-judge panel from the U.S. Circuit, or US Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia Circuit heard oral arguments in United States v. Trump, a case concerning whether former President Donald Trump is immune from criminal prosecution for his his alleged role in trying to overturn the 2020 presidential election results and the January 6, 2021 attack on the U.S. Capitol. Okay, so again, the circumstances of that would lead me to think he has an opinion. He wasn't plotting. He told people to go and protest if you're just looking at the day-to-day stuff. Um, he honestly thought that there was a way to do this. He wasn't fomenting revolution or inciting some sort of insurrection in any way whatsoever. He thought he had legitimate questions and his attorneys have said that, but that's, that's really not the point that I want to address here. The point I want to address is how these judges, judge Michelle Childs, judge Florence Pan and judge Karen Henderson are so bereft of any concept of the logical syllogisms behind the way the Constitution is supposed to work. A, B, C, D, you siphon them through these, what's next? It's a logic chain. So the point is that if the president is going to be charged with a crime, right? let's say killing someone, then first you've got to impeach him and remove him from office, and then you can charge him for a criminal act. The Congress can charge him, the Senate can have the hearing for crimes and misdemeanors that rise to the level, as they classically say, of impeachment. When he is removed from office, he becomes the civilian who can then be charged. It includes things like war crimes, right? But if he's in office, the structure of the Constitution is such that you can't just go and arrest a guy who's in office and say, we're going to charge you with some crime right now because he could still be president while he's going through the trial and he wouldn't have been impeached yet. You got to impeach him first. And this is the amazing thing. It's absolutely stunning. Listen to their arguments here and they're, they're surprised. But the argument of his attorney is right. Oh, there's an ad, so we'll get rid of this ad here real quick. Oh, good. There's no ad. Could a president
7: sell pardons or sell military secrets? Could a president sell... Those are official acts, right? Right. Could a president sell pardons or sell military secrets? Those are official acts, right? It's an official act to grant a pardon. It's an official act to communicate with the foreign government and such a president would not be subject to criminal prosecution? Uh, The sale of pardons example is an excellent
5: example because there were allegations about a sale of a pardon, essentially, when it came to President Clinton's uh, pardon of Mark Rich and the U.S. DOJ carefully considered. And for the very reasons we've emphasized in our brief, decided not to prosecute President Clinton with that because it raises concerns about whether or not a president can be prosecuted for his official acts. There's actually an op-ed in the National Review from our, Andrew but, but your
7: position is that he can't be prosecuted for that unless yeah. he's impeached. As long as it's an official act, I mean, certain cases.
2: So we'll pause it right there. So the point is whether or not these things are official acts, right? So if you're drone striking someone, is not an official act? No. So what's the first step? You impeach the guy and remove him according to the Constitution. After that, everything follows. You then bring him into the court and you convict him of war crimes or other things like that, right? Those so-called official acts, if you can clearly show they're unofficial, what's the responsibility of the Congress? They have to remove him because they swore oaths to the Constitution.
5: That's their first step. That's the point. Jeez! Purely private conduct under Clinton against Jones, he'd be subject to prosecution for that as long as he's not in office. But as long as he's official,
7: could a president order SEAL Team Six to assassinate a political rival? That's an official act in order to SEAL Team Six. He he would have to be, and would speedily be,
5: you know, uh, uh, impeached and convicted before the criminal prosecution.
7: But if he weren't, there would be no criminal prosecution, no criminal liability for that. Chief
5: Justice's opinion in Marbury against Madison and uh, uh, and our Constitution and the plain language of the impeachment judgment clause all clearly presuppose that what the founders were concerned about was not.
7: I asked you a yes no yes or no question. Could a president who ordered SEAL Team Six to assassinate a political rival who was not impeached? Would he be subject to criminal prosecution if he were impeached and convicted first? So, so your answer is is no. Is- my answer is qualified.
5: Yes, there's a political process that would have to occur under our, the structure of our Constitution, which would require impeachment and conviction by the Senate in these exceptional cases. As the OLC memo itself points out from the Department of Justice, you'd expect a speedy impeachment and conviction. But what the founders were much more worried about than using criminal prosecution to discipline presidents was what uh, James Madison calls in Federalist Number 47, the you know the, the newfangled and artificial treasons. They were much more concerned about the abuse of the criminal process for political purposes. Purposes To disable the presidency from factions and political opponents. And of course, that's exactly what we see in this case.
7: I've, I've asked you a, a series of hypotheticals about criminal actions that could be taken by a president and could be considered official acts. And I've asked you, would such a president be subject to criminal prosecution if he's not impeached or convicted? And your answer, your yes or no answer, is no. I
5: I believe I said qualified, yes, if he's impeached and convicted first.
7: So let's, let's just
2: run this through the logic chain again. Let's say, hypothetically, that a president is not impeached first. And then they prosecute a president for criminal acts. And people have speculated as to whether or not Donald Trump could actually become president and be in jail. That's the point. So... She's actually saying, she's pushing the idea, implying that a president could be found guilty of some horrific act, but not impeached, and then that criminal person could still be president from jail. That horrifically evil person who committed some crime could still run the military. No, the process would be removal from office first. And part of the other reason for that is all sorts of lame excuses could be uh, in the back of the minds of many different prosecutors all over the place, as we seem to see right now, to try to take out numerous types of presidents that they don't like. And what would happen? Well, of course, they'll see them go to jail and they won't. Have any sort of we're getting a phone call here um one of my relatives is uh is ill, so sorry I'm just uh, uh there's a phone ringing uh, he's he's an elderly uh um, brother of my mom, so I'm hoping he's, he's okay but um anyway, okay so I think you get the drift on that, and I don't want to uh, sell you short there everybody, but it's it's really it's amazing it's absolutely amazing to see that now talk about criminal activity. Uh, I want to give you a couple real quick ones. Very, very quick. If you go to my Twitter feed, you'll see this. Um, Might have to switch a couple things over. I wanted to talk about immigration today, but I might have to do that tomorrow. And yeah, let me just uh, show you real quick. uh, Talk about criminal activity. Uh, There's something that you might find worthwhile. And I want to give you another good, quick theme. So let me go with, uh, yeah, this will be a good one. Uh, yes. Okay. I'm going to go back. There's going to be some swearing in this one, my friends. So we've got to be super duper careful. And let me get the volume up here for you. Ah, uh, yes. Again, from New Hampshire to you, here are Gigi, Allen, and the Jabbers. We're going to talk about the Jabs
1: a little more.
5: I say I do So what's new? You never like me So
2: I say fuck you You know you know That I you don't, don't
6: like me I don't like
5: you You never listen to my point of view I'm telling you Why don't you all drop dead You fucking fool it's you, who you You never wanted me So I say fuck you You know you know That like you
3: don't know, like
2: All right. Well, maybe that goes out to Anthony Fauci and his absolute hatred of anybody who wants to be free. It seems like that's the case. But let's now turn to some very good information from the good people at Apoch Times. And uh, I'll give you this headline real quick first. A vigilant fox retweeted this one. Wow. Scientists are now warning. We heard some about this, that the latest COVID variant. Oh, here we go. Yes, indeed. Scientists are now warning That the latest COVID variant could trigger a heart failure pandemic, pandemic, pandemic. And get this, Pfizer, the same company that sold you the so-called vaccines, is making a big bet on that heart failure pandemic. The pharmaceutical giant recently acquired several companies. This includes a major $6.7 billion cash acquisition of Arena Pharmaceuticals, a firm specializing in developing treatments, particularly for heart inflammation conditions like myocarditis and pericarditis. So the company that caused the heart damage is now looking to profit from heart damage.
6: Is my analysis wrong here? Well, let's go to in, in terms of the latest variant, scientists are sounding a new alarm and warning people that the latest variant of COVID might lead to a global heart failure pandemic, meaning that if all of a sudden you see people falling left and right due to heart failure, well, it's definitely not what you think it is. It's actually the latest variant of COVID-19. Now, to give you a bit of background here, the latest prevalent strain of COVID to be spreading across the world is called JN1. This new variant has led to an influx of cases in several different countries, including right here in America, the UK, in China, in India, in Australia, and several others as well. And indeed, here in America, this new variant has become the dominant strain. In fact, according to the CDC's tracking of wastewater, quote, JN1, the latest fast-spreading COVID version, is now the most widely circulating disease variant. An offspring of earlier Omicron variants, JN1 accounts for about 62% of current cases, up from 44% two weeks ago that surge is we also have to mention that they had
2: the term omicron in march of 2020 and of course they're probably using a pcr test that cycles up whatever they want
6: to produce they can find anything <laughs> they want seen domestically as tracked by wastewater levels as well as international travelers and most places around the globe. Now, in terms of the symptoms for this new variant, they are pretty much the same as before and they just mirror the seasonal flu, including things like sore throat, runny nose, coughing, headache, fever, diarrhea, and so on, things like that. However, as I mentioned at the start of the episode, you now have health experts warning of an increased risk in the chance of potential heart issues for those who catch the new variant. Specifically, this warning came in the form of a report that was issued by Japan's top research institute. And they stated that the ACE2 receptors that the coronavirus clings to within human cells are very common in the heart muscle, meaning that many people who catch the new variant of the virus may suffer from reduced cardiac function. Here's what the report read, quote, Even though conclusive clinical evidence that persistent SARS-CoV-2 infection is associated with declined cardiac function has not been reported so far, the proof-of-concept study of the possibility of SARS-CoV-2 persistent infection of the heart and the potential risk of opportunistic progression of heart failure should be validated by a three-dimensional human cardiac tissue model, which would serve as the alarm bell for a global healthcare risk. And in terms of how this research was actually conducted, quote, The research team first created heart tissue using induced pluripotent stem cells. When a large amount of the virus was made to infect the tissue, cardiac function declined and did not recover. When 10% of the previous amount infected the tissue, a certain level of cardiac function remained, but the infection persisted for four weeks. Researchers say it's possible that some patients won't develop heart failure even if the infection persists. Furthermore, when cardiac tissue was placed under hypoxic conditions to reduce cardiac function, uninfected cells recovered after a certain time. But cells that remained infected with a small amount of virus did not recover. It appears that their recovery ability was weakened by persistent infection. A research. Okay, so let's
2: just pause it here. <clears throat> I don't believe them. And uh, I think that as you get into this, they're highly skeptical as well. But I just want to cut right to the chase, as they would say in movie terms. Um, we know very clearly uh, the greatest connection to heart problems, and the strongest temporally correlated problem that arose were heart problems uh, coming just after the introduction of the mRNA jabs, and we know that it causes myocarditis and pericarditis. So now, of course, they're going to try to wash things away and claim that it's due to the viral infection. Utterly ridiculous utterly ridiculous. But that's what you get. And of course, Glenn Jacobs, if you go to Glenn Jacobs' Twitter feed, Glenn posted this. According to the experts, the number one risk to society is misinformation, as the government hands that out to us over and over again. Meanwhile, war is way down at number five. I think we need new so-called experts. And there you go. Misinformation, disinformation, according to what took this? Oh, that was the World Economic Forum putting that out. They're concerned most with misinformation and disinformation, that you won't follow the science, science, science of Anthony Fauci, 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 <laughs> awesome. This is Liberty Conspiracy on Free Talk Live. Find us every Monday through Friday on Rockfin, Rumble, and Twitter, starting 6 p.m. Eastern Time, live.
4: It's obvious the unthinkable continues. Most Americans know something very wrong is happening. People in charge keep telling you that everything's fine and just stop noticing. But you know better. That's why self-reliant folks are investing in emergency food storage. And you should, too. My Patriot Supply. That same day and arrive quickly on your doorstep in unmarked boxes. Go to mypatriotsupply.com today. Time is running out to prepare for what's coming. mypatriotsupply.com